Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. We've got Cecil Lammy here with us today, host of Orange and Blue. Today, Cecil, I feel like I haven't talked to you about the show. How's it going? Are you enjoying it? You and Mace are fantastic, as always. Yeah, it's uh, been a dream of a lot of fans and a lot of me and Mace. For years and years and years, we were like, what if we had a show together? And now we do have a show together. So every day, Monday through Friday... 3.30 p.m. It is orange and blue today, and we go over the latest with the Denver Broncos. It's generally strategy-heavy, news-heavy, information-heavy. We might dabble around once in a while with, like, the what's trending and Russell Wilson's cringy Subway commercial. Like, uh, generally, that's not my motivation to talk about football, um, although it's part of what we do. It's mostly X's and O's, behind-the-scenes, locker room information, all those sorts of things. Be careful, though. It's spicy. Yeah, the most dangerous thing Russell Wilson ever did is he sneezed one time and didn't say bless you. That's that's Whoa. about as dangerous as he gets. Yeah. He burped and didn't say excuse me once. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, Russ. Uh, yeah, we tried the sandwich out. It's not spicy even a little bit, so I don't know where he's going with that part. But let's get into the Thursday night football. Um, we obviously want to send out our thoughts to Tua Tonga Vailoa because – what a scary situation it is that went down. Um, Adam Scheffner did do an update saying after Miami's 27 to 15 loss to the Bengals, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel said his QB to a tongue of Iowa suffered a concussion and nothing more serious. The team said tongue of Iowa flew back to Miami with the Dolphins. Um, scary situation. Truthfully, I, when you saw his fingers, I was like, I pray he doesn't have a brain injury and I pray he's not paralyzed because it was a really, really scary situation, Cecil. You've seen that before. Javid Best one time jumped into the end zone, left his feet, landed on the top of his head, and his arms jutted out. He just laid there with his arms jutted out. So it's it's very unnerving. It's incredibly unnerving. And a concu- And I love Mike McDaniel. I've known him since he was a teenager. So I'm, I'm saying this lovingly. But it, he just has a concussion and nothing more serious. A concussion is a brain bruise. All right? I'll repeat that one more time. A concussion is a brain bruise bruise and he shouldn't have been out there based on the last game against Buffalo when he was concussed. I know they investigated it. Totally. It wasn't a concussion. Like, mm, okay. Guy gets up and he's woozy. Uh, that's looks like a concussion. You know, life's pretty simple. Sometimes looks like a duck quacks like a duck. It's a duck to it. Looked like he was concussed against the bills yet. They trotted him out there on a short week against the Bengals. And then that happens. It is very disturbing. And I know, People love the violence of the NFL. We don't want to see that. Yep. Like, we love the big hits, and we love the tackles, and we love the, all that, all those sorts of plays. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see a guy that's just it can't control his body. Unfortunately, it is not, uh, you know, paralysis or anything like that. But it certainly is serious because it is a brain bruise. A concussion is a brain bruise. So hopefully he gets better, and, um, you know, hopefully everyone can learn from this situation, although it seems like – this happens far too often and, and more than we'd like. Uh, it's kind of sparked this conversation about what needs to be done uh, because players are always going to want to play, right? But at right. the same Never time – Never listen to the player. Yeah, like who who is supposed to be there? I know it's supposed to be the coaching staff, the medical staff, whoever, but who else is supposed to be there to say, no, 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 th- this isn't right, this shouldn't happen. Well, we saw um, Andrew Whitworth last night on Thursday Night Football on their post-game show talk about, no, I've had like – um, teammates say hey he shouldn't be out there like things aren't okay 
Right, and it needs to be a third party, honestly, because uh, there's a dirty little secret. Rachel, I hate starting off the show this way because I'm excited about football, but I'll tell you this, the le- there's a lot of dirty stuff in the league. And I'm not saying this has anything to do with Miami or Denver or any team, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I will just say this. Trainers never get fired. Why? Because they know all the dirt. And they know what these guys' bodies are pushed to. So if the NFL truly cared, and anytime that you see something from the NFL that is promoted by them, and this is a deep conversation, so just use your brain, everybody, and think about it. When the NFL promotes, we really care about this. They don't. They don't. Okay? What do they care about? Not getting sued, looking good publicly, getting lots of likes and all those sorts of things. So when they say, we we care about player safety, no, they don't. They just don't want to get sued, and they don't want to look bad in the eyes of the public. Because if they truly cared about player safety, you wouldn't have your team doctors look at them. Because team doctors are usually going to have a guy out there. You don't listen to the player. The player's going to want to, I'm good, coach. I'm ready to go. Can't walk. Mm -hmm. Right. It needs to be an independent party, you know, that's separate from the league that examines a player that is concussed, that makes that sort of determination. But that would cost money. And the league doesn't like to do that. So they they can say, hey, we really care about player safety. We're not getting sued. Right. We totally care. We've got concussion protocols. We're not getting sued. Okay, like they don't really care because if they did, it would be someone independent from the league, period. That would make this sort of call. Tua Tagovailoa should not have played. We all know that. Yet he was out there, and I don't necessarily blame Mike McDaniel. Again, I like Mike. Um, I don't blame the Dolphins necessarily. I blame the league as a whole because this is again more of a problem than you know. It comes around and, then we, and we shake our fists to the heavens. Oh my God, what a controversy! And then we forget about it. Yay, touchdowns! Like at the end of the day, these are people's lives. And livelihoods and futures, you know, and brain bruises. There's a lot of serious and and just bad stuff that can come from every concussion getting worse with time. So I wish the league actually cared about what they said they cared about. This might be a bit of a sensitive topic, Cecil, but I feel like you're Mm. the perfect person to have it with. Should we expect players? I I know they want to play, but they're Mm -hmm. also grown men who are going Mm -hmm. out there. And if they don't feel 100% right, I know there's a lot of talk about Justin Herbert because he didn't go back out there. You know, he didn't really answer any questions about his health. Should we have these players be like, you know what? I need to think about this in the long term. Should there be classes or something that they take that they have to think about this in the long term? Because they're grown men. They have the ability to say what they need to say about how their body is feeling. Yes, and that's a conversation that's going on among the players right now because the players will be ahead of this. They always have been because they're the ones behind the scenes being like, oh, I played with this or I played with that. And and so those conversations are being had by the player themselves. Now, the league will get a hold of it because the league is a large corporation. And don't get me started on corporations, Rachel. That'll, that'll turn the show into a different one that I don't think we need to go there. But a large corporation will be like, let's give everyone classes. Mm. Okay, the players are already having these conversations. What you're going to see happen... And maybe not for quarterbacks, although it does come into the conversation with Tua. What you're going to see is what we've seen from guys like Chris Borland. They come in the league, they play for a little bit, and then they just retire. And, you know, I think we're going to see uh, more players retire at a younger age. I think we're going to see players maybe get to that second contract if they even can. Because, again, the league is set up against you. 
as much as we love it and yay touchdowns and all that, the NFL's pension comes in after the career average. Career average is about three years in the NFL. Your pension comes in about three and a half years in the NFL. They do that on purpose. So they don't have to pay you when you're done. And even the players, dear friends of ours that played seven years or 10 years or 15 years in the NFL, uh, what they get in terms of pension is laughable. Now, I know they made millions, but then and you also have the fact that their health care afterwards only lasts for a certain amount of time. And then you're on your own. And as we all know, healthcare is pretty damn expensive. So, uh, again, the league does a lot of things wrong, but they just don't want you to know about it. Yeah. And isn't the NFL the only one with healthcare that kind of ends? Because I think for the MLB, they get healthcare for life, and I believe for the NHL, too. Yeah, I've, I know football. So yeah. <laughs> somewhere Jake Shapiro is shaking his fist at me, but it's like, yeah, and I'm sure other leagues do it much better because they're, they figured it out much better. But in the NFL, that's the problem. And the problem with the last CBA is they put the rich players against the average players. And I know they're all millionaires, whatever. Okay. So I don't want to get in that conversation with fans. They get paid millions to play a game and they sacrifice their long-term health. And they have mental health issues afterwards because, again, concussions or brain bruises. So, like, yeah, could they do things a lot different? Yes. But they want to pit the guys that make the money against the guys that are just barely hanging on. You're a practice squad guy. Uh, the number used to be about 8000 a week, which, again, Rachel, to you and me, to average people, 8000 a week, that's pretty good. <laughs> but as a practice squad player, you're also like, no job security. It's like radio. No job security. Like you could they could change it at any time. Like seriously, as a practice squad player, you just you you can't plan anything. You're Philip Lindsay. Take everyone loves Philip Lindsay, right? From Colorado, which Colorado. He never got paid. Yeah. He came in, took the league by storm. He made some money. He did, but mm-hmm. that's not life-changing money. That's not hey, your grandkids don't have to work type of money. It just isn't. And now he's pretty much done. As much as we love him, we can all admit Philip Lindsay's pro career is pretty much done. And he's never going to get that bag. Just yep. think about that. Think about how sad that is for these. Look, Jake coming in off the top rope, right? Just going to clean this up real quick for you guys. If you spend 43 days on an active roster in Major League Baseball after like January 1st, 1991 or something like that, 43 days on an active roster, don't even need to play a game. You get a pension for life. So just cleaning that up. Wow. Wow. Uh, Wow. It's funny because while we all look at football players that make millions and millions because you see the huge contracts that go over ESPN, this actually was just, I believe it's Kareem Jackson who was talking to Russell Wilson about his chef. And he says he is a secondary chef because you always need to give your other chef a break. Like people need breaks. And Kareem Jackson looks over and he's like, I don't have a private chef. I don't have a second chef. Because a lot of the times, while they do make really good money, they're not making the million-dollar contracts that we see. That's like a very, very, very small portion of actual yes. NFL players that you see. Yes. There's a one percenter to the one percenters, and that's why in the last CBA they were like – they took the poor they, – they used the poor players. I'm using air quotes again. I don't want to get in that conversation, everybody. Like they used the players that don't have those big contracts and put them mm-hmm. against the one percenters. Like, that's how they got that deal done. So the owners are like, hey, everybody, you practice less, which creates a worse product, by the way. Hey, everybody, you can smoke weed, which whatever. I mean, we're all adults. Again, back to that conversation. So, like, they kind of duped the players. And 
they they tricked him into this latest CBA, and the players fell for it because there's not enough of them to ever stand up to the league and be like, no, we want real health care. We want things done the right way. The other thing we will add on this is while they may be making eight grand a week, it's not for 52 weeks either. It's for the season and how long the season is too. So um, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. Again, we're hoping uh, Tua is feeling better back in Miami um, and we'll keep everybody updated because yeah, it's definitely a scary situation, but I do want to talk about one cool thing that came out of Thursday night football and that's the Bengals alternate uniforms. I Love these uniforms, Cecil. I think they are so badass. I think they look so cool. I wish the Broncos could do something similar. What do you think about them? There was a starter jersey years ago. The Broncos never wore it, but starter actually sold it in stores. It's not one of those knockoff bootleg jerseys, and I can always spot them. Every time I see one, I was like, you can spend more than $25 on that jersey, by the way. Um, But there was a black John Elway. It was black. It was the older uh, uh, Broncos jerseys, like from the 80s and the the mid-90s before their new jerseys, which aren't new anymore. But anyway, so it was black. It had blue trim around the numbers and then just a slight bit of orange around the sleeve. Like navy blue or lighter blue? It was the the navy blue. It was the darker blue. So it was a black Broncos jersey with like blue numbers and just a little bit of orange. It's wonderful. I don't have it. But it's one of the, like, jerseys, and I'm a jersey snob, one. Rachel, you'll say I'm just a regular snob. That might be true. But I also have, like, 80 jerseys. Aren't they in the um, closet right behind you? Or is no, that no, no, no. This is, this is the home studio. This ain't, my, this ain't the master suite. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, because that's full of shoes. Uh, and uh, most of my jerseys are packed away. I'm not as young as I used to be, so I don't wear jerseys a whole lot. But... If I could get my hands on one of those black Elway jerseys, I would because it looks so sweet. I know. Well, there it is. See, look. Look Dang. at that. Jake Shapiro. Fantastic. Yeah. That Does that not it. look sweet or what? I mean, everyone yeah. would rock that sort of jersey. And imagine the Broncos coming out in that jersey with maybe some black helmets, right? With the with the orange D on the side. Like it would be so sweet. And fortunately, with the Walton Penner group, we're going to get new jerseys with the Broncos and we're going to get some of these alternates and you know, that that makes it fun. The Bengals looked sweet last night. So I'd like the Broncos to mix that in. No, I'm with you. Okay, let's also talk with the Dolphins losing. There are no longer any teams undefeated in the AFC. Eventually, it was probably going to happen, but we're here we are week three, week four, week four, going into week four. Uh, Cecil, what's going down? Who do we need, need to be most scared of in the AFC? Yeah, it's still the Bills. You know, I know they lost to Miami and Ken Dorsey lost his mind and threw everything around like, okay, Ken, run the damn ball. Like, I think who's most dangerous in this league? There you go, Ken. There you go. Throw it around, Ken. Yeah, that's right. Let him have it. Let him, You let him know. You let him know, Ken. <laughs> anyway, there's nothing better than adult temper tantrums because we've all had that sort of moment where we're like, bah! And you just, you you know, it's like ah, Howard Dean or whatever. Like you just lose your mind and there you go. Like uh, Ken Dorsey, he did that. So it's on camera. Thank you for that, Ken Dorsey. Um, For me, it's still Buffalo if they run the ball. It's still Kansas City if they run the ball. It's Baltimore if they run the ball. They're actually not running the ball because J.K. Dobbins just got back. So Mm -hmm. like if Baltimore figures it out and Jackson is doing more as a passer, like that is incredibly dangerous. So that was on the AFC AFC side of things. NFC side is a little bit different. But like for me, there's still some teams that are dangerous if they learn that in December you have to start running the ball. The Chiefs lost. 
because they didn't run the ball. The Bills lost because they didn't run the ball. Like you have the talent. You must do that. You must maintain balance. I know it's past happy league, but if you run the ball, give yourself a chance to win using time of possession. In your opinion, did the Colts beat the Chiefs or did the Chiefs beat themselves? Uh, the Colts beat the Chiefs. I'm always going to give credit, you know. I'm, I'm and listen, I respect EB. I know him a little bit. Like Eric Bieniemy's, you know, fine, whatever. But like their plan was a, a flawed plan to be sure. And I love the meme floating around today because after four games, off the top of my head, Tyree Kill has like 470 yards receiving. The the Chiefs receivers combined after three games, granted, but these are all the receivers combined have 430 yards. Oh, God. The cheetah. Yeah. I, I really needed him to score a touchdown last night, but we'll stay away from that conversation. I, I really needed it. I, I thought so with all the uh, smack talking that was going I on. I need Skylar Thompson to come in for Teddy Bridgewater so that, one, my Skylar Thompson rookie cards will just skyrocket in value, and then, two, I can start chirping Montreal Washington some more. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Let's talk, though, about the AFC West, because obviously a lot of people care. I don't know if I expected the Raiders to go 0-3. I won't lie. I, I I, I don't think I did, but it also doesn't surprise me as we sit here and talk about Josh McDaniels all week. Um, the Chiefs losing, I, I expected them to lose at least one game by this point. The Broncos, though, with the offense we've seen, I have not expected them to be 2-1. and one. Uh, So what's your take on the AFC West? Are the Chiefs still going to top the division? How are you feeling? The Chargers choke. That's what they do. So the Chargers are choking, everybody. Yep. (laughs) Exactly what we should have thought. The Raiders should be way better than this. They should be. They're number three in the league in terms of when they have a drive, it ends in a score. They're number three in the league. Almost 50% of their drives end in a score. The Broncos are number 24 in the league. Only 30% of their drives end in some sort of offensive score, whether that's a field goal or a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So the Raiders are scoring the points. They've got the pass rushers. You know, maybe their secondary is a work in progress, et cetera. But, like, they should be better. But this is Josh McD trying to, I don't know, bow everyone to his – his will and his system. It's like, and none of that's any good. Um, you know, you have to play to your player's strengths. It's one of the things I give Ajara Evero a ton of credit for because he has played to his defense's strengths. He yeah. finds what his players do. He, this is what you, Hey, Josie Jewell, you're back. What do you do? Well, you're going to do that. What do you don't do? Well, we're not going to have you do that. And it sounds very simple, but it's also revolutionary at the same time, because a lot of coaches are like Josh McDaniels. The A dot averaged up the target for the Raiders is a, at a high for Derek Carr's career. His mm-hmm. air yards per attempt are at a high for his career. What does this show you? They want to do that old 80s Raiders football. Take the top off. That's not working. They're not winning. What does Derek Carr do best? Dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Yet McDaniels yep. isn't really having him do that. There have been some injuries, Hunter Renfro, et cetera. But still, you find ways of what your players do best now let's do that. McDaniels isn't doing that, thus the Raiders' uh, results. Yeah, true. Uh, Chiefs, what? I I mean, again, they got to run the ball. The yeah, they, they got to run the ball. Like it, to this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Your offense is shiny. Your quarterback is amazing. Although everything that Mahomes has done, John Elway did in the eighties, mm-hmm. and it's listen. I love Pat Mahomes. 
Um, but like, it's, we've never seen this before. Yes, we have. It's called John Elway in 1986. Okay. We've seen everything that no look past Matthew Stafford's done that since he came into the league and nobody talked about it until Mahomes started doing it. And again, Mahomes is a superstar. He's tremendous. Um, but it takes more than just a quarterback. Like it does. You do need that guy and they are Super Bowl contenders because of that guy. But unless they start running the ball, they will lose games. And if you do that in the postseason, mess around and find out. Got to clean it up for YouTube, Rachel, but mess around and find out Kansas City. Go ahead. Cause you'll be sitting at home again, the dynasty of one. And if Jimmy Garoppolo finds Emmanuel Sanders open, the chiefs might not have any Super Bowls with Pat Mahomes. And that's disgusting. Did you see the article that came out this morning out of Kansas City saying the only thing Mahomes cares about is himself? Um, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I know enough people around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this. He, he, he's got to listen a little bit more. You know what I mean? I won't get too in-depth or in detail, but in knowing people around that building, like he's he's pretty stubborn, you know, and I and that's fine. If you got hardware and he does have some hardware, but he should have more. Like, I think there needs to be a cohesiveness between him and Eric Bieniemy. I'm not saying that those two are the problem, but just, I think all of us can look at it and say, there's some sort of disconnect there. Um, so I wish Mahomes was a little bit more approachable at times. Again, from the people I've talked to, I would say he does care about winning. He does care about football and he cares about more than himself, but he certainly has, um, Strong opinions, we'll say that. How do you anticipate with, obviously, with the Raiders' offense being able to put points on the board, with the Broncos' defense, which should be a really good matchup because the Broncos' defense is elite, and I'm loving watching it. But then we've got the flip side, too, of the Broncos' offense is just struggling to connect with the Raiders' defense. Which side's going to win this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I picked the Broncos. I'm I'm not solid in that pick. And I was thinking of like, was there a way I could make fun of Stokely and Zach in this uh, portion? But I'm like, uh, let's say I liked throwing my money around. Can't say what on because we're all adults. But let's say I liked losing money. I would not be uh, putting my chips on the Denver Broncos this week, even though I picked them and I want them to win. My heart says I want them to win. Josh McDaniels is not a good person. okay? allegedly or whatever I have to say. So I don't get in trouble. Um, like Josh McDaniels, just not, he's not a good dude. And I'd love to see him lose. I'd love to see the Broncos beat him up, drop 35 on him, all those sorts of things. But I will say this, they beat a San Francisco team that is tough and disciplined. They haven't faced anybody. The defense is elite. Yes, they are. They're the best in the league. Okay. That's a conversation. Face somebody that's good. (laughs) Then let's talk like not Jimmy Garoppolo, not Geno Smith, not Davis Mills. And I'm not even saying Derek Carr is great, but that offense, again, they're number three in the league. They score on half of the drives they have. So if the Broncos can do it this week defensively, yes, that strengthens the argument. Are they the best defense in the league? Can they carry the way? That's fine. I hope that's all true. But I also recognize and realize they haven't played anybody yet. So play somebody, and then let's keep talking. I think what's interesting about the Broncos' defense is that they've done – exactly what they're supposed to do and that's what's made them like the cop topic because russ and the offense haven't done what everyone thought that they were going to do but the defense has done it and i think that's why people are writing so high on them uh will the offense click this week we've got one more minute before we got to get into your fantasy five so make Uh, i would say no (laughs) no 
I, I mean, you know, what, when's it going to click? Maybe after the bye, like you got a short week, you got Indianapolis coming up. So you've prepared for both games. Does it click this week? I, I We saw a little bit of signs, but here's the thing. Nathaniel Hackett needs to let Russ take over. And Russ needs to ignore Nathaniel Hackett like Peyton Manning would ignore Adam Gase. They do that, then the offense will click. Okay, all right. Well, 10.55, which means it's time for Cecil's Fantasy 5 at 10.55. Hit the open. High five! Who do you start? Who do you sit? Any sleepers? Here's Cecil Lammy with this week's five fantasy tips. I still love that open. It makes me happy every single time I do. It makes me smile. All right. Stash backup running backs. What do you got, Cecil? Yeah, usually at the end of the year, you get into this. In all fantasy leagues, you get into the end of the year, and you're like, oh, now is the time. About week nine, you start stashing backup running backs. That time is now. So it's much earlier because we're seeing the injury seal broken. I know he's going to play this week, but James Conner, injury seal's broken already. And the guy, he's great. He beat cancer, okay? Everyone should be a James Conner fan. But he's hurt a lot, and when he gets hurt, he tends to stay hurt. Who's behind him? Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin, incredibly explosive player. So it's time to stash him away if he's out there. We've seen Justice Hill with the Baltimore Ravens. I mentioned J.K. Dobbins just got back from his injury. He doesn't look that good. So maybe Justice Hill, maybe they do figure it out with Justice Hill. Stash him away if you can. It would take some doing, and you have to be in a little bit deeper league. But Adrianus Johnson in Cleveland, we already know from the Broncos game last year, the guy is good when he gets more of a featured role. It would take some doing because he's got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both ahead of him. So stash him if you're in a super deep league. And then uh, if you look down the list, you go, okay, Rashad White with Tampa Bay uh, looks good behind Leonard Fournette. Derrick Henry doesn't look like Derrick Henry. So Dontrell Hilliard, I am stashing him. Kenneth Walker, I've already been stashing him. It's these type of players that can make your fantasy day. Uh, Dalvin Cook is already banged up wearing two shoulder harnesses. So Alexander Madison or my preference, Ty Chandler, super deep leagues again. Like now is the time. Look at the backfields that have a dedication to running the ball. Look to the backups. If the backup is good, Pick him up. Pick him up from Dumb and Dumber. DeAndre Swift is already hurt. He's going to miss the game. Jamal Williams, my friend. Jamal Williams is there. Now he's an RB1. I've got him as a top 10 fantasy running back. You could have stashed him already. So stash your fantasy running backs because they're going to play. Your backups. Stash them now. Okay, I like it. All right, number two. Where art thou, Romeo? Yeah, Romeo Dobbs. Let's talk about Romeo Dobbs a little bit. First off, Aaron Rodgers. I think Jake's favorite player. I kid Jake. Anyway, uh, he's wearing Packers colors, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, Romeo Dobbs, rookie Nevada, was fifth round pick, top of my head. Anyway, really good at the Senior Bowl. And I've seen a lot of players. You know, I remember uh, Kate Johnson, right, or Frank Darby. They're at the same Senior Bowl. But they took that game by storm, and now they're stashed on practice squads. You're like, okay, wait. You know, they're late round guys. And you go, okay, let's see if they can get a chance. Well, Romeo Dobbs was that this year's version of that, of those guys who are still waiting. Frank Darby is still waiting for his opportunity. Kay Johnson's still waiting for his opportunity. They're good, but they're stashes. They're late-round guys. Romeo Dobbs, same thing. He was tearing up Mobile, tearing up the Senior Bowl, crazy body control, you know, my ball mentality, going and getting it. 
Uh, looks really good for Green Bay, and nobody else really does. Sammy Watkins has hurt everybody. He's on injured reserve. We're all shocked. It's week four. I'm surprised it took that long. So Aaron Rodgers is looking for talented targets to come through, and guys really aren't, except for Romeo. So if he's out there, throw him in as a flex play if you got him. Okay, I like that too. Uh, number three, Tyler Gronklin. Yeah, Tyler Conklin. Would you believe if I told you – Tyler Conklin is the number three fantasy tight end. Like, would would you believe that if I told you that right now? No. Tyler Conklin is the number three fantasy tight end. Now, fantasy tight end is brutal. Okay, absolutely brutal. But and and this had to do also Jets fall behind. Joe Flacco was in, and it was peppering him with passes. There's too much pepper on my paprikash. There was also uh, the fact now we see Zach Wilson in. Will that continue with Tyler Gronklin? Tyler Conklin might be available in a lot of leagues. So if you're desperate at tight end, because if you have Travis Kelsey, you're fine. If you have Darren Waller, you're fine. Uh, If you have Mark Andrews, you're more than fine. If you don't have one of those three guys, you're kind of screwed. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a tight end, Tyler Conklin, who's now looking like Tyler Gronklin. We'll see if it keeps up now with Wilson back in at quarterback. I can't believe what's he averaging. Uh, right now he's got 18 for 140 and a touchdown. But see, that tells you how brutal tight end is because I go 18 for 140 and a touchdown doesn't sound like a lot, but that is enough for him to be the number three tight end. Wow. Okay. Number four coming in. We've got don't deny Zay. Yeah. And I give him a lot of credit. Zay Jones, who is the leading receiver for Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence is getting it. It makes me so very happy because I, I, you know, and as a talent evaluator, and I'll get to this in, in my next one as well, as a talent evaluator, I don't break my arm, pat myself on the back. When somebody hits, when somebody misses, you go, why? When Trevor Lawrence looked like he did last year, I was like, why? Like the kid was amazing at Clemson. And and this isn't one of those college hype and, oh my God, how many times I have to hear from college fans or, you know, and because their guy's the greatest ever. I get an argument on the air with Joe Klatt because he loves Connor Cook from Michigan State. And I'm like, Connor Cook can't play, dude. Uh, you know, so I, I was like, I, I, you, you see the college thing all the time. But when you're a Trevor Lawrence and you're just on that different level, you're like, what's happening? What's going on? You're seeing him get it this year, and you're seeing him get it with Christian Kirk, but also with Zay Jones. And Zay Jones, I don't want to get too deep into it, Rachel, but if you just look into his background, a little quick Google search, you know, he's had to overcome some mental health hurdles and everything. And he was a kid at the Senior Bowl I saw. He caught a zillion passes at ECU. I think he's still college football's all-time leading receiver, top of my head. Um, But anyway, so, like, he comes into the league. He's pretty much a bust, right? Oh, look, he caught a million passes can't do anything. He's got mental health issues. Like you're like, Oh, what's going on with Zay Jones? He gets his life on track. He gets to Jacksonville. He starts coming through as that kids. Cause he always was this dude. He always was. And then he came to the league and you're like, what happened to him? Mm-hmm. You see now that college talent coming out and overcoming those challenges and the mental health struggles that are, are very common, very prevalent. And I, I give him a lot of credit for doing that. So don't forget about Zay. If he's out there, you can pick him up and start him as a flex play because he is that solid, consistent target for Jacksonville. Going back to Tyler Gronklin real quick. He's um, only rostered in 35.7% of ESPN's league. So definitely a name people should um, be on the lookout for because he could be an easy pickup for people. All right, going on yep. to number five. Let's do it. We've got always a star. 
Yes, and unlike others in the Denver media that try to go out of their way to be like, I told you from day one, again, the, when people do that, you can say, oh, you're an ass. All right, I get it. I understand. Like, that's, that's just what it is, because you're going to have plenty of misses. And if you can't talk about your misses in this business as a true analyst, okay, because there's very, very few. And again, Rachel, I'm going to sound like a snob, but like there's very few people that are actually doing the work to examine these players. Most of the guys read some press clippings. They check out a magazine or, you know, a website and they say, I knew about this guy from day one. But Khalil Herbert was always a star, always a star. Senior Bowl. I pegged it. This guy can play. He goes to Chicago. I was so upset because I'm like, well, damn it. They have David Montgomery. They have David Montgomery. So how are you going to get on the field? Patience. You know, it reminds me of a young Amon Green when he was at Nebraska and he goes to uh, Seattle. He's like returning kicks. And then he finally gets a shot with Green Bay. He's a multi-year thousand yard rusher. That's the type of talent I've seen with Khalil Herbert. And I always have. So, again, it's kind of my stash the backup running backs thing. Like, you find out the talented guys that are just waiting for their opportunity because the talent is there with Khalil Herbert. What do you have, 160 yards last week because Montgomery's banged up? So He's always been able to do that. Chicago's not doing much right, but they are running the ball really well, and that's large in part when Dave Montgomery's healthy. He's good. They're going to get rid of Montgomery after this year, and then Herbert's going to take over. So if you're in a dynasty league, you should have already loved him. If you're in a redraft league and you're able to get him, he's the hottest waiver wire pickup this week because he's always been a star. And now we get to see why. Okay. All right. Cecil's Fantasy 5 at 1055 presented by Hooters. Roll it. High five. Who do you start? Who do you sit? Any sleepers? Here's Cecil Lammy with this week's five fantasy tips. And Rachel, if I may interject super, super quick, I, I, I want to just finally put a final, like a little stamp on it. Like it's never about the analyst. Okay. It's, I always say glory to the players, glory to the game. This isn't about me being able to identify talent or whatever. It's like, no, I'm going to have misses. I'm going to tell you about my misses. And I learn more from my misses. When a guy like Kilo Herbert hits, I just go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've saw that when, you know, he's at Virginia tech. When a guy misses, that's when you're like, what did I miss? What did I miss? That's what, and that's where the humility of this game comes in. So for me, it's glory to the players, glory to the game. That has nothing to do with me or my talent. And that's why when I hear other people in the Denver media that don't do the studying, that don't do the work, and then they proclaim, I love this guy. Like, you didn't know anything, dude. You read something, you watched YouTube. That's not doing the studying. Very, very few people actually do that studying. So it's glory to the players, glory to the game. That you do in your job, Cecil. You're supposed to be able to nail the people that are correct. And even if you do miss, we all miss occasionally, but it's your job to do that. So yeah. you do a very great job of it. Um, we do have a survivor pool going on this week. Again, we pick on Sunday games. So we're going to bring in our very own Jake Shapiro as he runs it this week. James Merrillat lost. Um, I thought my name was going to get picked. So I was very happy when it didn't. But Jake, hit us. Who are people taking? Where are we landing on the survivor pool for week four? Cecil gave a little hint already, uh, and it's all green and gold for most of us. <laughs> yes, of it is. A lot of packs. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a coffee break watcher and you want maximum amount of fun Monday, you're rooting for the biggest upset of the week. You're rooting for the Green Bay Packers to lose. Uh, Cecil and Max still playing a little strategy. Uh, Rachel, me, James and Will all playing the Packers card this week. 
It'll be interesting. All right. Now, one of my favorite times of the week, mostly because I love to watch Jake become a meteorologist. Jake, what's the weather going to be like come Sunday in Las Vegas? Um, well, you see that I'm inside right now, Rachel. And, and we agreed that I would go outside for this segment. But the Broncos are going to play in a dome on Sunday. So why am I going to go outside when they're also going to play inside? <laughs> so we've got a really nice day, not in Las Vegas, Nevada paradise nevada i'm not uh-huh. sure if you know the difference i'll ask you in a second but 94 degrees and sunny on the strip so if you're headed out there maybe a water bottle maybe some sunscreen uh you won't need it for long because again you're playing inside but do you know the difference between paradise and las vegas is this a joke or is this actually is it just like the crossing of the highway because i know allegiance Stadium's like on the other side of the highway out there no, so the whole strip is technically not in Las Vegas. It's in, uh, uh, an unincorporated part of Clark County called Paradise. Oh. Essentially, they founded uh, a bunch of hotel owners got together, founded a new part of Las Vegas in the 60s that wasn't downtown Las Vegas. It was the strip. And they didn't want it to be part of the city of Las Vegas because they would have taken more tax revenue from their gambling uh, ventures. So it's paradise. Every part of Vegas that you know is actually paradise, not Las Vegas. Jake's like an encyclopedia when it comes to just like the most random facts sometimes. That's why you want Jake. If you have any party out there, you make sure that Jake Shapiro is there because that's the type of stuff that you want to learn when you're standing. You got your Tumblr, right? You're standing around and be like, oh, I never knew that. And you can repeat it, right? Because now you have knowledge. Jake Shapiro gives you knowledge. Jake Shapiro, I'm great at cocktail parties. Uh, Cecil, speaking of knowledge... Um, I love the Fantasy Five segment, and I love the fact that I'm not on air during it because every single week I just hop on my main league fantasy for those five minutes that you're giving fantasy tips. Picked up Alexander Madsen. Great tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, start him this week. You can yeah. start him this week. So, yeah, there you go. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, going back to the weather real quick, still 94 in Vegas or, in, yeah, in Paradise, Nevada, I guess. that I'm so happy it's finally fall weather out here, you guys. I can't even begin to explain it. Yeah, we can have season. I know. I'm so happy because I'm over the hot weather. I'm ready for just straight football weather. I'm even getting a little bit of tinkling for some snow, you guys. Like I'm getting almost ready. Anybody else know just me? Cecil's like absolutely not. Well, I drive a Jeep, so like uh, bring it on. Like doesn't bother me. It's not fun, but it doesn't bother me. I'm I'm cool on the snow, but this weekend's gonna be great, Rachel, because it is peak leaf peeping season uh i know i know you you guys down in roxborough know this park familiar you're familiar with it but staunton state park this time of year right up the road from you guys is like the best place in the world i'm gonna try and head out there tomorrow it's the i think it's the second newest i think there's just a brand new state park like last year or so but it's a really new state park of the last 10 years uh it was donated by a rancher who owned a lot of land in denver um, and they did a really good job, and it's a really nice place to be out in the valley. Uh, and you get to avoid I seventy, which is always a win. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, has anybody have is, anybody know if the leaves have actually changed down here? Because I was about to head up to Breckenridge actually later this afternoon to go see the leaves peeping a little bit more. So have they changed down here? Do I not have to take the drive? Um, yeah, and you only have a small window, but uh, like my leaves in my backyard are changed. Okay, not all the way, but yeah, it's starting. So yeah, you got a couple week window now. Yeah, you probably don't need to go all the way up to the divide, but Kenosha Pass, the Denver Post took some pictures, was all yellow uh, earlier this week. So um, you definitely just a little drive up into the mountains and you'll see a lot. 
Right. Yeah, I hit all the mountain spots last week, and I was in Aspen, I was in Breckenridge, I was in Copper Mountain, and I was in Vail, and even Glenwood Springs. So I kind of hit all over, but we were just a little bit too early. So good to know. Um, real quick, I know Cecil, you said you're taking the Broncos. How are you expecting the Pats or Tan Devonte Adams matchup to go, or do you think we're going to see him follow him? 80% of the time, you think it's going to be 50%? What do you think it's going to look like? I think it's going to look like DK Metcalf. So he's going to have seven catches for 40 yards. And Devontae's frustrated with the offense. He's frustrated with the usage. And he's frustrated with the double teams. You're not going to see the double teams uh, from Denver because of Pat Sertan. Now, I wish in an alternate reality that Pat Sertan would cover Darren Waller. Because Waller is more of a concern to me. And it reminded me, and I wrote this about my Three Keys article, it reminded me when Aqib Tlaib would be on Rob Gronkowski. And Tlaib would shut him down. Like, it was awesome. Uh, But, of course, the Patriots didn't have another weapon like Devontae Adams. So, yes, Sertan will be on Adams. Adams will probably get his, but it may not be for a lot of yards. Because it's just keep everything in front of you. Don't let anything get get, get behind you. Learn how to speak English if you're me. Don't let anything get behind you and kind of rally and tackle in front of you. Okay. Yeah. I actually wrote about this. I actually wrote about this for denverfan.com yesterday, the the matchup between Adams and uh Sertan. Uh it sounds like he'll probably be on him for 80 to 90% of the game. They'll switch up looks a little bit. Uh what I found interesting Cecil yesterday during that uh Bengals game, Damian Howard was in single coverage the entire game uh against Jamar Chase. Uh, well, against Tyler Boyd, and then they would throw double coverage at Jamar Chase on the other side of the field. Um, so I wonder if the Broncos might try a look like that. It didn't really work out too well at times for the Bengals, but it worked out uh, – or for the – sorry, the Dolphins, but it worked out at times. So I wonder if we'll see that look. I also want to say in that game, Chidabe Awuzie, uh did a pretty good job on Tyreek Hill at times. He, he, he struggled, but he tipped that long pass. Uh, that was a really mm-hmm. tough catch that Tyreek Hill made. And then what we're not talking about, and of course, obviously, prayers up for Tua and I hope everything's okay. That was a huge play by CU Buffs, uh, former standout Josh Tupo. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so, like, that was a play that, like, with him kind of in the middle of his career, he, he kind of gets a foot in the door. Like, that's a play that can keep him in the NFL for a year or two. So that's a big play for Josh Tupo. Uh, but heading into mo- to, to tomorrow's game, um, I did pick the Broncos officially for the fan. Um, you know, I, I like what Cecil had to say where it's like they are preparing for two weeks, but I feel pretty confident going into this game that the Broncos are going to get things right. I think that um, Nathaniel Hackett getting some of the stuff taken off his plate last week kind of opened up his mind and brain to doing some other things. And I think we're going to start seeing the, the fruit of that uh, in this week. Yeah, good point, good point. Uh, I... I really want to say I'm going to take the Broncos, but my gosh, it is hard to say anything good about this offense. Uh, I'll still take them. I'm going to make my pick right here. Uh, Friday morning, I'm going to go with the Broncos. I hope that this offense can start clicking a little bit more. Cecil, like you said, I hope Russ just takes control. I hope we don't see anything else. I just hope Russ is like, you know what? I'm putting this in my own hands. We're going to go down there. We're going to score. We're going to win this ballgame. So it's going to be interesting. He does that they can do it. And, And just think about one week from today. One week, next week's coffee break, we're going to have two Broncos games. We are going to know, is this team at that time four and one? Are they two and three? We're going to know in one week's time. Very big week for the Broncos. Yeah, Yeah, it is. All right, we've got... 
third or Sunday against the Raiders, Thursday night against the Colts. It's going to be a good week, everybody. Buckle up, Cecil. As always, love having you, Jake. Excellent job as well in the back end and with your weather report. And we will see everybody. Oh, make sure you tune in. Orange and blue today, 3.30 with Cecil and Mays. Otherwise, we'll see you guys on Monday morning. Bye, everyone.